fourth and manageable, an SEC football podcast brought to you by 2400 Sports. Now, here's Brad Edwards. All right, Brad, as always, every show we ended with some questions from the fans. Let's start with David. David says, considering the offense, is it possible overall that the 2022 Georgia team is actually better than the 2021 Georgia team? <laughs> Again, I don't know how that's possible yet, considering only one of those teams has won a national champion, but they're looking good right now. Yeah, that's the key point, is that at the end of the season, in order to make any comparison or try to make a claim that the 2022 team is better than 2021, they're going to have to be national champions again. It's going to have to be a comparison of two national championship teams to be able to, to argue whether one is better than the other. But for now, through two weeks, if we want to play this game, um, <laughs> I, I have a, a, another metric uh, that I'll go to, um, wh which is another ESPN metric. It's called efficiency, um, which is combining offense, defense, and special teams. It's, it's only what you do on the field in your games. There are no preseason inputs from what you did last year or recruiting rankings or returning starters, any of that stuff, just, just on the field. And this year's Georgia team through two games, for whatever it's worth, has a higher efficiency rating than last year's Georgia team. Now, that's not shocking because they played a near perfect game against Oregon in week one. It does adjust for the quality of the opponent that you're facing. And, and at this point, while Oregon might not be a top 15 team like they were ranked going to that game, they're still believed to be a good team. So that, that was an exceptional effort. Um, but, but what's interesting is this, which is that last year's Georgia team was actually the the best team in terms of the efficiency rating, the best team that Nick Saban faced in his first 15 seasons at Alabama. So according to efficiency, to that rating, mm -hmm. last year's Georgia team, even though they did lose one game to Alabama, was better overall from start to finish, counting every game of the season, than 2019 LSU or 2008 Florida, which were the, the other two teams that were right there in that ballpark. So when we talk about this particular metric in last year's Georgia team, it was a really, really good football team. And we saw that on the field too. Um, but I think sometimes because they lost a game, people just say, oh, they couldn't have been as good. Um, I guess that's another thing. I mean, last year's team did lose a game. If this year's team were to go undefeated, then that's another reason that you would say that maybe they were better than last year's team. But uh, either way, they're likely to have to go through Alabama to do it. And we're a long way away from that game happening. Right. So it's, it's premature, but so far so good. If you're, if you're trying to say that uh, Georgia looks as good as they did for most of last season. It's kind of funny when you have to sit there and say, well, they only did lose one game last year. And if this team goes <laughs> undefeated, it's like, you would think there's a couple more losses and it's just way more competitive for these type of teams once they get to the national no, championship, I mean, right? Like you want to, you might see a couple losses, but no, it's like they won. If they, if they lost one, it's like, well, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, that, that's what it is. And you know, I, I said, I think on Tuesday that Georgia is now another Alabama. They've reached that point where I think we said right. that we now have two Alabamas in the conference, one in the East and one in the Thank West. Goodness. And uh, yeah, I mean, so so you, you don't just want to hand it over to the tide before the season begins. But but now Kirby Smart is in this position and he was in that position as Alabama defensive coordinator under Saban all those years. He knows what it's like to have those high expectations. But but every season uh, from this point forward for Kirby Smart at Georgia, it's national championship or bust. I mean, even yeah. if you win the SEC and you don't win the whole thing. 
Um, I mean, people aren't going to say it was a, an awful season, but but really the, the the only goal that everybody shares is being national champion. And if yeah. you fall short of that, it doesn't mean you're a failure. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it wasn't a great season. Yeah. Which is crazy to say national championship or yeah. bust, right? Like, yeah, but I get it. Reality the standard of is set. Top, you know? You've got over the hump. You've, you've become national champions. That's what we expect for you yeah. to do. But it's like, do you want to see another Georgia and Alabama uh, national championship? I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'd like to see, shake it up a little bit, but I mean, hey, that's most likely what we're looking at once again. Uh, Cindy actually has a question for us too. And she said, what would a win over Penn State mean for Auburn? Again, that's one of our non-conference games uh, this weekend that we were just talking about in that last segment. Yeah, so off the top of my head, I'm trying to remember Auburn's schedule. Um, I don't know if you have a chance to look it up while I'm while I'm talking gotcha. about this, but but if you look at Auburn's schedule, I believe their first five games are all at home, and mm -hmm. and they're all what you would consider to be winnable, right? There's not one on there that you're like, oh, they're going to be a huge underdog. Um, and so um, I think they have one other game similar to Penn State coming up, where you know it's it's a game that they may be a small it. underdog. What, what do they have after Penn State? So after Penn State, they've got Missouri at home, LSU at home. Okay. Then they go on the road and face Georgia, then Mississippi. Um, and then they're back at home against Arkansas, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Western Kentucky. And then they finish the season with Bama. Right. Okay. So so let's just look at, at the importance of this game then uh, with that in mind, which, which is that if they can win this and mm -hmm. start 3-0, and um, I would say that they've, yeah, I mean, they should beat Missouri at home. That's the next game. And then home against LSU. Uh, I mean, un unless LSU comes out and looks a whole lot better uh, mm -hmm. this weekend, then you would still say that's the game. They got a pretty good chance to win at home. And, and so then it's like, okay. I mean, Georgia, sure, they're going to lose to Georgia. They're probably going to lose to Alabama. Um, but, but, and, and I know, look at, at Auburn, it's not about being bowl eligible, right? But, but I don't think I'm alone in coming into the season feeling like this had the potential or still does had the potential to be an absolute disaster of a season for Auburn and that they could be the worst team in the SEC West. If they win this game, people are no longer going to be thinking in those terms and it's going to be okay. They should get to six, go to a bowl game. And then it's a question of, okay, can they win some of those other games in the back end? Like you would think they would beat Western Kentucky. You've got Texas A&M. Yeah. Uh, coming coming into Auburn, that's another game that they could win. So, yeah, there are a lot of lot of games there that that you know set up for Auburn as um, as possible victories. And and I think to just be more optimism if they're able to win this game and yeah. people start thinking, well, maybe eight and four. Yeah, and you knock down Ole Miss uh, or not Ole Miss? Excuse me, you knock down Penn State a little bit. That's ranked twenty two in the AP poll right now, so that's always a win, a uh, good win for them as yeah, well. Yeah, ranked team. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. A, you know, ranked team is a ranked team, and and yeah. you really don't care whether it's home, road, whatever. When you're looking for it's positive, a win, it's a it's a win, and it's something that you know you can make a big deal out of. Yeah. Uh, finishing up Cole, he said, which SEC team needs to be most concerned about an FCS or group five group of five opponent this week? FCS or group of five? Um, well, I, I think the obvious answer to the question, I, I'm not going to leave it at this because it's, it's too easy of an answer is Vanderbilt and Vanderbilt plays at Northern Illinois. Like they're on the road in the Mac 
And after what we saw at Vanderbilt last week, coming back down to earth and looking a little bit more like we kind of expected Vanderbilt to look this season, um, I, I would honestly be a little bit surprised if Vanderbilt wins that game. I mean, I, I, a loss is very much in the equation there um, for, for Vandy. So I would say they're the, they're the number one team that has to be concerned. But, but if, if I were going to throw another one into the, into the mix, not so much upset alert as as maybe getting a scare alert you know and that would be arkansas um arkansas is in a, a weird situation for a number of reasons so they're playing uh, missouri state now number mm-hmm. one missouri state I, I i believe i read this week is ranked seventh in the fcs poll so they're, they're a good fcs team number two they're coached by former arkansas head coach bobby petrino so Look, even though even though it's not like anybody would say, hey, you know, Bobby Petrino was was wrongly run out of Fayetteville. Like, I mean, we, we know what happened, but still, you know, this game is personal for Petrino and he would love well, to bring I, his I team. I wonder in. how that game got on the schedule. Just I tell yeah, you, well, NCAA and, and that, that, is just so messy. Yeah. And, and, and I would I would just think, though, that Bobby Petrino has been thinking about this game all summer. Uh, as mm-hmm. a great opportunity for for him and and his new program, and then it's also a little bit of a trap in that Arkansas. This is their third straight home game to open the season, but the first two were a lot bigger. You know, you open against Cincinnati, which is a top twenty team that was in the college football playoff last season. Then mm-hmm. you have a conference game against South Carolina, and because it's a conference game, it, it's a big game, and so this one is clearly the the least significant of the three they've played so far. And, and yet it's it's a decent team and there's every logical reason to have an emotional letdown and not come out and play as hard. And, and another thing that doesn't set up well for Arkansas in this game is just the potential for a very natural emotional letdown after the way they started the season. And by the way, this is the third straight home game. The first two were both much bigger games. You, you had the opener against Cincinnati, which was a, a ranked team that was in the college football playoff last year follow that up with a conference game against South Carolina. And this game clearly is not as significant as those two. And and so it is a spot where it would be very normal for Arkansas to come out flat and they can't afford to, not just because of the outside chance that they could get upset, but when you look at their upcoming schedule and, and what they have for the next few games to start conference play, they need to get some rest for some starters, and I think especially some rest for quarterback K.J. Jefferson. His role in the offense is such that he's a big part of their running game, and over the first two games, he averaged almost 20 rushing attempts per game. And that's that's a level that you cannot sustain as a quarterback in the SEC, especially once you get into conference play. So they need for him to have a lighter load this week. They need to be able to get starters out, and especially him, for most of the fourth quarter and they need for this to be one of those games where he doesn't have to carry the ball double digit times, because if that becomes the norm for their offense, I have a hard time seeing him physically survive this season. So those are all reasons that, that Arkansas needs to be very, very careful and needs to be worried about Missouri state on Saturday. The drama, 
Dun, dun, dun. That's in that one. I, I know uh, Missouri State, those players are going to go hard for their coach. They are. They, 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 they want to they see, see him take them down. But so just going over some of the games that we talked about today, just Georgia, South Carolina is at noon. Then you have uh, Mississippi State, LSU at 6 p.m. And the one I am excited about that I am actually – I'm going to stay up and watch this one, Texas A&M and Miami. Those are the ones, you know, basic uh, – the ones we went pretty in-depth about. Um which one are you most excited about watching this weekend? I mean, I know again, it's 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 not the best slate of games, but it's, yeah, it's good, good, decent ones out there. You know, you mentioned the drama, and I think that's what you have with A and M. You know, the yeah. fact that their season is kind of on the line here in in week three. Yeah. Certainly, no one's thinking of them as a playoff team uh, after what happened against App State last week. Um, but mathematically, they're done if, if they lose one more game, and it could happen as soon as week three. And if it does happen and you look at the way the conference schedule begins for them, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's going to be sky is falling in College Station yeah. because uh, they, they might not have been expecting to beat Alabama again mm-hmm. this year, but they mm-hmm. were expecting to be good. And yeah. it's looking like this could be the opposite of that if they don't beat Miami. Yeah, it might see some coaching shake up shakes up uh, in in there. You never uh, know because nah, 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 nah. J- you never J- know. Jimbo, Jimbo's got a little bit more leverage than Scott Frost had. I'll tell you that. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but there might be that one person that's like, get this guy out of here. I don't know. It's so early in the season already to be. Counted he better out, have right? about a billion dollars if he's if he's wanting to get Jimbo out of there. That's true. Well. Exactly right. So we'll be back uh, next week. We'll be breaking down all these amazing games that we just talked about. Hopefully, all of Brad's predictions will be right. I mean, he's he's amazing. I asked you that one question of who was better than what was I talking about? Um, Stenson Bennett. And look at you. You were already on it. Well, Rogers. Like, there you go. This you you yeah. just know everything. Oh. It's just human encyclopedia. And while you're plugging our show on Tuesday, let me also plug uh, Saturday night after all the games have ended. Uh, I'll be breaking them down with, yeah. with Tyler Bray, your fellow Vol. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll go through all the action, including the A&M game. And uh, you can listen to that uh, all day on Sunday. You know, and now that I think about it, we just need to get all of us together on one of these podcasts so I can say, Tyler, no, no, do you no, not remember, no, you no, not remember no, no. me? Because I went to, we went to school together and I just want to know. Do, one do one ball me? at a time is enough for me. Right? <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, we have to do it next week now because, I mean, listen, after we pass Akron, wonderful. We got to talk about that that Florida base. I'll tell you what. The, the, week, the week of the Alabama game, let's get Tyler on, and then and then I will um, – I'll deal with both of you that week at the same yeah. time. That, that, I, I'll take that. I'll take okay. that one. I'll take that one. But, all right, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week, and make sure you're tuned in to 4th and Imaginable. I'm Ashley Holder for Brad Edwards as well.